A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours Coronavirus, a podcast series from metro.co.uk about mental health during the epidemic. I'm Yvette Castor and today I'm chatting to Chris O'Sullivan of the Mental Health Foundation. We're going to be chatting about staying well during self-isolation and how acts of kindness can improve mental health. Chris, welcome to Mentally Yours. Thanks very much for coming on. Pleasure to join you. So first of all, um, how are you doing? How is self-isolation and the epidemic affecting your mental health yourself? I think uh, I'm doing all right. If I was on a scale of one to ten, I would say seven. Uh, at the moment Brilliant. we are at home we're both working uh our full-time jobs in the time that we can and we've got a seven-year-old and a five-year-old to work with as well so one's in school and one is uh, in nursery so we're also spending time with the family but we are very fortunate that our jobs can continue and our income is stable and I know there are a lot of people who are not in that place. Um, so you, like me, have bipolar disorder. We chatted a bit about that on email. Um, do you mind telling us a bit about when you were first diagnosed? Yeah, um, I was diagnosed uh, a long time ago now, more than 20 years ago. That probably makes me a veteran uh, as a student. And unlike many people who have bipolar, I was diagnosed quite quickly uh, because there was a bit of family history uh, in our family and things were very difficult for a while um, through my student years and I found a, a concoction of, of things that worked for me um, medication and self-management and gradually as I have uh, gotten a bit older uh, I've, I've not needed the medication or the psychiatric support which makes me very very lucky indeed uh, but the self-management strategies and the uh insight and monitoring of moods is still there and very useful uh in this time uh where there are ch things challenging you so i think i've i've gained from that experience and learned from that experience about how to be in touch with my internal weather and my moods and how to take action to address those and that is something that everyone can do 
uh, whether or not you have experience of a mental health problem there are things that work to help and protect all of our mental health and understanding where you are at any given time and what you need uh, to to do to improve your mental health is a skill that we can all nurture yeah tell us more about these self-management strategies they sound very interesting so uh, self-management as a as a tool is something that we at the mental health foundation are very strong uh, in in supporting self-management and and indeed peer support both are very useful in in, in mental health terms broadly speaking self-management is about learning about your condition and how it affects you and trying to take some control over that and self-management is important both for mental health problems and also for long-term physical health problems which can also have a big effect on our mental health and at the moment under the COVID-19 epidemic those of us who have long-term physical health problems are at particular risk and have become you know part of the news story in terms of isolation and shield and some of the things that can help us to stay mentally healthy like uh, getting out and about and being in touch with people are under under challenge so we all need to find uh, potentially new things uh, to 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 help and support us uh, we've also heard from people who have active mental health problems that some of the restrictions that are in place are undermining or challenging some of the coping strategies that are in place so things like safe foods or safe routines or things that you do uh, that that help keep you balanced are out of kilter and it will take a bit of time and uh, a little bit of support to enable people to find new ways of managing and coping. Mm. What's helping you manage your bipolar disorder at present? Um, to be honest, I uh, I count myself in fairly established recovery, so I haven't had uh, uh, an, a major episode for a very long time now, wait more than a decade. Um, although I have had periods of of depression. Uh, and it, it becomes hard when you're diagnosed with a mental health problem in your late teens, as I was. And I now find myself, um, you know, just just past 40. Um, there is a it's quite hard to extract what of your identity relates to that experience and what of your identity is, is, is a wider is a wider thing. So I got into working in mental health in my 20s because I wanted to do something about student mental health and young people's mental health and it was a huge thing for me to be able to help and assist others and a real burning kind of passion that fueled my career and now I would describe it as part of part of the tapestry so I still need to keep an eye on how I'm doing I still uh, prioritize my sleep sleep is extremely important to my mental health and keeping myself on an even keel and that is something which is critical for everyone uh, everybody sleeps it's a basic human need and at times of worry it's perfectly understandable that it could be up and down but the basics of life help with our mental health so sleeping well trying to see that we get uh, good quality nutrition and enough nutrition at the right time staying hydrated trying to take some exercise and that doesn't have to be the gym or a government mandated one hour run it could be just moving about your house more and not being on the sofa um, those small building blocks that keeping in touch that watching our alcohol and caffeine consumption are all things that any health advice would tell you are good for our health but they're great for our mental health as well tell us a bit about your role at the mental health foundation at the moment so uh, i do a, a number of things at the foundation i look after all of our workplace mental health programs 
um, and our corporate partnerships. So working with business uh, and I also do a lot of media uh, activities across uh, across a range of things. So we are a charity which is focused on prevention in mental health. So that means looking at ways that people can protect and improve their mental health, whether they have a mental health problem, whether they're at a particular risk of developing mental health problems or mental health issues, or whether they are just living their lives and wanting to make sure that they're as mentally fit as they can. And we do things for all of those people at different levels. So we have uh, information and programs for individuals. We have uh, work that we do with businesses and with uh, organisations. And we also help to advise on, on policy. And we've been working with Public Health England and the Department of Health on the mental health guidelines around the COVID-19 epidemic, because this is one of the biggest mental health challenges most of us will ever face. Uh, it's right up there with uh, the war uh, and the blitz and, and arguably potentially bigger than that because so few people have experienced that level of challenge in their life. And we know that once this period of isolation is over, there'll be a real challenge to people's mental health as we go back to life and, uh, and other challenges. So we as a charity have been working to provide good quality information and advice uh, during this period of lockdown and also starting to think about the difference that we can make afterwards when we all have to adapt to life as it as it now becomes. Yes, you've got some great resources online um, around mental health and coronavirus I've seen on the site. Um, can you talk us through a few of them, please? Yes, absolutely. So we made a decision to build a mini site to host a number of articles. So that's at mentalhealth.org.uk forward slash coronavirus. And it started with some of our mental health tips. So we have 10 ways to look after your mental health, things like I was just talking about, about getting some exercise and uh, eating well and keeping in touch with people. We adapted those a little bit towards looking at, um, at, the, at the outbreak. Uh, things like looking after your mental health when you have to stay at home. So there's tips on, on how you can do that. And also in the wider sense, things like looking at how we consume media and how we share things on our social media feeds. So we're saying restrict access to the news media if it's worrying you, perhaps take 15 minutes a day, maybe in the early evening after the government bulletin, you'll get everything that you need from that. It can be very tempting to get drawn into scrolling through social media uh, conjecture about the, the, the epidemic. At the same time, we would also say that staying connected is really important. And if we can't be connected face to face, there are opportunities to use technology positively uh, to manage our mental health with various online communities and um, and various proliferation of video calling and, uh, and other kinds of things to keep in touch with, with, with family and friends. And it's, it's really great to see some of those positive uses of digital because the narrative around digital and mental health is almost always negative. But we also need to make sure that we balance that and that we filter our social media so that we're not getting exposed to the anxiety stuff as well. Yeah, it can be very tempting, can't it? I've definitely found myself thinking, oh, I'll just have a look at, at Twitter and then and like an hour later, I'm still on there sort of. And it, there's so much stuff about coronavirus, understandably, but even sometimes if people are kind of joking about it, I don't think it necessarily helps in the long term. And yeah, even as someone that sort of works in the media, I think I sometimes kind of have a bit of enough of it. Because it can get a bit mm -hmm. much. I think there's something really, I think there's something really important in this about anticipating distress. Uh, there's a lot of discussion about mental health and the the, the virus outbreak, and um, there 
is perhaps an an idea that we're looking to uh, pathologize or make our, our distress into something unusual where actually you know people are experiencing grief people are experiencing stress people are experiencing fear and anxiety and those are totally understandable human responses to the level of challenge we're facing so for many people who are maybe experiencing these things for the first time perhaps they're looking for an answer a medical answer to how they're feeling when actually learning to recognize and manage those kinds of feelings is a really important thing we can all do for our mental health and there is a risk then that those of us who experience mental health problems can maybe feel a bit like people are not looking out for us and uh, this mood music around uh, around anxiety and tension can be very stressful and it can lead to people feeling either that the removal of uh, their support the GP or uh, at the worst case scenario, A&E, uh, can make people feel they're on a tightrope without a net, uh, particularly if, if we start uh, chewing things over in our head and ruminating. And that's totally, totally understandable. And one of the really important things to say to anyone with with an existing mental health problem is that it's, it's really hard to come forward, even impossible to come forward at the best of times. Uh, but at this time, if you need help with your mental health or your physical health, you do need to reach out to the people that are in your lives, whether that's your GP or psychiatrist or others, to, to see what's there and to see how things will change so that you can roll with that. And if things do get bad, you have a route in to get support. Mm, absolutely. How is the pandemic affecting children's mental health, do you think? And what can parents do to support them? Sure. I think uh, it's impossible uh, to deny that there's going to be an impact on young people's mental health, not least the fact that uh, schools and nurseries are closed. So uh, we don't have an option to hide realities from our young people because they know they're not at school and nursery because of the pandemic. So uh, we certainly see that in our house. So there's how uh, there are various ways to talk to our, our children. And uh, one of those uh, is uh, to ask children about their concerns. We want to be able to enable our kids to ask us questions about all sorts of things. Uh, and we want to also be a bit careful about the conversations we might have around the house about our anxieties or reporting on things like um, mortality or uh, or some of the, the 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 more difficult aspects around the virus in case they pick things up because sometimes kids do. It's really important that kids get access to small doses of real life news from trustworthy sources. So it could be with older children that you watch a news bulletin together and you talk about it um, or you find something um, that, that's appropriate for younger children and have that discussion. If you don't know the answer to a question that your child asks you, rather than dismiss it, offer to find out the information and come back to them so they get a feedback loop, which is really positive, And that will hopefully work for other areas of their life uh, online and, uh, and otherwise. Um, being open and confident with clear facts is really important. And talking about vulnerability and responsibility. So, um, you know, admitting that you don't know the answers and that you're not always that you may feel afraid sometimes as well and asking them for their help uh, around the house can be really really helpful on that and enabling them to also be part of any volunteering that you're doing if they're older children 
but there's really good information for children uh, older children in particular that charities like the mix in england and wales and young scott in scotland have done in terms of dedicated sites for young people to enable them to understand what they can do to do their part and that particularly applies to teens who are at home and maybe want to get out and are finding it very difficult not to be out and about with their friends but for whom it's so important that they stay at home because of the risk of passing on the virus Mm. there are some lovely things i've seen actually locally about um local kids doing sort of painting rainbows and sticking them in the window to sort of say thank you nhs so i think there are some positive things that sort of families and sort of kids in particular can do together Another really lovely thing I've seen on your website um, is about uh, random acts of kindness. Um, What kind of things can people do for random acts of kindness and how do you think they help mental health? Well, we know that doing good does you good. So there's evidence that says that contributing and helping out other people is good for your mental health and good for theirs. And there's all sorts of things that people can do at times like this. Now, it could be as simple as sharing a meme Uh, with people on your social media it could be that you call someone that you don't often call and have a conversation Um, something like writing a letter can be really really high value because it shows that you're thinking of them and sending something through the post Um, you could do things like watch a film together at the same time and uh, have a conversation about it afterwards and then you can do some of the more organized volunteering activities that that exist in our communities so um there have been calls from the government in in all parts of the uk for people to volunteer to help with people who are in self-isolation or to offer skills that they might have if you're part of a community and you're feeling well uh, there are mutual aid societies and organized um and properly safeguarded schemes to reach out to vulnerable people in the community to help with shopping and errands and things like that. Those are great things that you can do and they enable you to have the, 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 the feeling of goodwill from having helped other people, but also get you out and about and active and keeping yourself busy, which is so important. Brilliant. Um, I think finally I'd like to ask what are your key tips um, and perhaps also words of comfort um, can you offer in terms of looking after your mental health during these strange times? Yes, I think that the most important thing to say is that these are strange times. Um, It's not easy. And recognising that it's not easy for you and it's not easy for many people can be a great comfort and that we will get through this in time. I think recognising that we all have mental health and we can all do things to protect and improve our mental health is very important. Often the narrative on mental health is all about whether or not we have a mental illness or not. And at times like this, we all realise that activities and things in the world have a, have a bearing on where we are, particularly when you're at home, because following the advice about staying home and social isolation is the thing which is going to shorten this, this, uh, this epidemic. Trying to stay connected with people, even if that feels difficult, is important. And trying to do things that are good for our mental health, like exercise and uh, making sure our diet and sleep are okay, might seem very, 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 very hard at times like this. But this is the time that we need the most. Look after your family. Be there. You are. You don't need to be a teacher to have some quality time with your children. And this is a time where you have the opportunity to grow, whether or not you have a family. You may have additional time to learn skills or think about things or plan things that you've otherwise not been able to do. There are lots of opportunities that you may have. 
and try and manage your consumption of the media and social media. There are hugely uh, uh, helpful things that you can do online at the moment from work to socialization. But there is a risk that you can fall into cycles of stress and rumination by looking at too much content about the epidemic when you don't need to. Goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Thanks very much to our guest, Chris. One of the things that I really loved hearing about from him was um, the acts of kindness that he mentioned, um, just the small things. Because to be honest, when I hear the, the phrase acts of kindness, I think, oh, I'm gonna, am I going to have to do like a huge thing like bake cakes for all my neighbours or, I don't know, do some sort of giant mural on the street. But when he said sort of this first thing was just put out a nice fun, funny meme to your social media followers, I thought, right, good. That's about sort of the entry level. That's what I can do. Also, some of the volunteering ideas that he had, I think, were really great and kind of um, really good way to sort of take your mind off things generally. And um, it's good to know that sort of doing good is good for you as well. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring. They're on 116123. You can also find them online at samaritans.org. For more information from the Mental Health Foundation, you can head over to their specially dedicated microsite, which is mentalhealth.org.uk forward slash coronavirus. They have lots of tools there, information, ideas about the acts of kindness, all sorts of things. So I recommend you head over there. If you'd like to have a chat to us at Mentally Yours, you can find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS and we're also on Facebook. Just find the group called Mentally Yours. Thanks very much to Chris, to our producer, Juliet Nichols, and to Lucy Baker for the jingles. I'll see you next time. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.